a bottle and a half of Chardonnay. I'm a cartoon after that. <laughs> like the world is the funny is the funny papers. <laughs> Everybody is a is a caricature. You know, like when you go to like Disney World, <laughs> you get your character, you get that shit drawn to you. Everybody looks like that after a bottle and a half of Chardonnay. Hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I I I just get I get silly. I don't even think I get uh I've I've not known to be violent when drunk. Uh at least that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um <laughs> I get extra funny though. That's it. I like the joke and then it's shit, you know, then when I sober up, I realize I'm the only one that was laughing. So maybe I'm not that funny. So loud. In yeah. your head, you were hilarious. I'm Eddie Murphy out this bitch. This nigga's <laughs> killing. He's killing. He's killing. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, my God. His price just went up. He's killing. Right. I'm thinking my wife is, like, smiling. Like, yeah, baby, get him. Real, she's like, oh, my God. Please stop. <laughs> That's the reality. I like your wife. Your wife will tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, she she would say it in Spanish so I wouldn't catch it. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. All in itself. Right. She say some slick shit. Like that sounded a lot like shut the fuck up. In Espanol. Yeah? They had the energy to shut the fuck up. Had the energy. Sure. I felt it. I felt like shut the fuck up, but I didn't understand it, so I I'm okay. <laughs> Give you a pass for that. Right, right. You you got it. <laughs> I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. Who gives a fuck? I can't be personally. Kick Candace Owens and her stinky cray cray. No good thing starts with, I was thinking about my ex. He ain't learned his lesson. That's a brother ain't gonna learn shit. I don't know what's gonna be about. Let's keep this shit funky. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Super Dave West is in the booth. What's up? What up? What up? What up? Thanks for having well, me, fellas. Man, thanks for joining us, brother. So, for Appreciate everybody it. who might not know the face, <laughs> I tell you, you know the sound, you know the music. Uh, Most Def, Ghostface Killer, Talib, E40, Fife, Slum Village, Jay Dilla, Eric Roberson, Jim Jones, uh, Michelle Indigale Cello. And the legendary De La Soul. Like, that's just part of the list of the people you, you've worked with and done music for. Yeah. Yeah. That's monumental. It's kind of applause, <laughs> goddammit. Thank you, bro. <laughs> talk, to us about you what you, talk to us about what, you, what you're what doing, doing now. Um, since, since the pandemic and, you know, people try to say post-pandemic. It's not post. We're still in the middle of this shit. But uh, what, what do you have going on now? Um, quite honestly, I have been, um, I've been playing pool <laughs> like a motherfucker. <Okay. laughs> like in the middle of this, I, I, um, like right before pandemic, like, you know, I just didn't have anything to calm down. Like, you know, I didn't have no way to like really unwind mm-hmm. and, um, it's another thing. I just got good at it quick. Like within four weeks, I was just like busting niggas ass on the fuck. I was like just 
playing pool like a madman, you know? And um, so I play pool. I'm thinking about like really getting a, a fire ass trainer and, and maybe going like semi, semi pro with pool, man. Oh man. I like pool like that. Like it, it does something for me when I, I could put all my, my issues and all of my frustrations pools for me is what, 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 um, you know, what, what can be for somebody named Mike, you know? And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is for me. And, and just and stop just, everything and just leave it there. Just for everybody watching, I blanked out the name that he said because I don't want you motherfuckers crashing my spot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I said somebody all- named. I didn't say it was you. It was somebody, somebody no, I, I named Mike. Name spot. <laughs> Listen, you'll find 10 niggas named name Mike in the same spot. <laughs> Damn. I should have said Pizza Hut. Damn. No, that wouldn't be believable. <laughs> No, anyway. but I mean that's that's real talk, right? So, I you know it's funny to hear you say that. Like, I need that thing and where I yeah, because I thought yeah. I know y'all thought I was gonna say music, something musical. Like, no, I'm playing pool right now. That's dope. It's bringing me joy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I found something else that I'm good at. That's really you know? dope. That's and really probably dope. Agri- then probably agriculture or something. Like, learn how to plant some stuff, and you know what I mean. Um, outside of that. Yeah, I started building shit during COVID, and that shit is is cathartic as hell. But the problem is, I don't have time for it. It's like that takes time. You get immersed, and you're like sanding shit for hours, and I just don't yeah. have that kind of time. Like when you get into it, you lose the hours. You're just so immersed. Like everybody I know that started to grow, you know, hours. same thing. Yeah. yeah. Everybody I know that started to grow is the same thing. Like they fall in love with the buds and it becomes a, it becomes a nurturing like children. And I got to take care of these little guys and look at the little trees, you know, like the little, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) and they can't think about nothing else. Like they got the whole weed grow going. (laughs) You know, you You know what I'm saying? You want to hear something funny? I I envy you guys because you have, I mean, you're found. You found a niche, something to release stress. I found it a little bit, but it's stressful all in itself. I, I, I started doomsday shopping. That was my thing during the pandemic. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! I doomsday shopping. Uh, I, I'm I'm already a gun owner. I bought more guns. Um, right. I, I was shopping. First of all, when I, what. I bought more guns, and then I was like, uh, yeah, we need a shotgun for the house. My wife was like, we don't need no shotgun. And then when I got it, we nicknamed it. And so when shit go down, it's any type of questionable noise happened in the house or in the neighborhood. My wife now goes, hey, uh, go get So it's <laughs> from the same woman that said, we don't need this shit. So in any case. That was that was my thing. Now I've I've kind of turned the page. Now I'm into back into boxing. I put a whole gym in the basement, a whole boxing gym. It's a little more healthy than collecting guns. I still will collect guns though, but that's my, that's my oh yeah thing now. yeah. I mean I gotta get I, I gotta get my hands on it uh, uh, on that Ruger fifty seven at some point. You know what I mean? Nice. 
Nice. And a couple of and a couple of other things. You know, I want to get my daughter the what is it, the G GX four or something like that little Taurus. Oh, that's a right? little that's a little pocket joint. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I got a version of that and some other things, but it's like yeah, I can like when you know you know how to respect that, you know mm-hmm. the energy that comes with that, and how to put it away and bring it out when you need to. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying that's cool, but it's just like, yeah, I needed something to just like not be doing music 18 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I started off. I started off like eight beats a day. Like I was on it. Like I'm still on it like that. Like I'm doing four, maybe four. I'll do like do like six. And like three or four of them, you know. So I used to just for years just be binging doing music all day. And so to have something else to do is kind of enjoyable. What, so what the- else am I working on? You know, probably a cooking show. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just shot, but but musically, you know, um, I got an album out called Beatboxing, and um, that was kind of like a little, it was a bit of an iconic little underground um, beat record, and I tried to make it different where it wasn't, it wasn't um, just a, a beat tape like ID to ID, ID to ID, just beats, right. I tried to add little cinematic things to it and sound bites to make it feel like it was a uh, the soundtrack to some sort of cinematic thing going on. So I'll probably answer that record with uh, that's beatboxing, maybe with spitboxing. Mm. I'm torn between the, the name because spitboxing would just be like you know adding a rhyme to it, um, or bar hopping. That's that's another name I had for the album, bar hopping. <laughs> Like that, and um, I like that. So it's either going to be the bar hop or it's going to be spit boxing. So on that level, I'm gonna do that, and then um, you know, Daylight still, you know how that go. That's like when they calling, you know how that go. Mm-hmm. Um, I got called recently from some 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 of the crew members of Far Side to work. You know what I'm saying? Like I get calls from. A lot of different people. It's just like, it's just got to feel right, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, it has to be a certain kind of like camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I, I recently, this is like completely left field because it, it brought, me, brought me to mind to, uh, what's his name? J.R. Smith just enrolled in um, North Carolina A&T and he wants to play, mm-hmm. play, uh, um, golf now. Mm-hmm. After having a successful career in the NBA and all that, now he wants you know he's going back to college. He's going to play golf. Mm-hmm. Um, it got me thinking because I because I, I, I at one point I worked with I worked with Steve Harvey. And he said something before I worked with him. He said something that's always stuck with me. You could be too late. You can be too early for something, but never too late. Is there something in your that youth? Part. Something in your youth that you mm-hmm. wanted to do that you would still consider doing now? Mm. Wow, that's deep. That's a good question. 
for me, it's stand up comedy. When I was when I was a teenager, I thought mm-hmm. I could I, I considered wanting you know I got into DJing, got into broadcasting, and and all that right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, you know, in you grew up in New York City, so remember this, there's a theater, um, uh, called La Mama on was it East Fourth and Second? I, it's mm-hmm. off off it's Broadway in, uh, spot. Low, low, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like that's Lower East. Yeah, the Lower East Side. Uh-huh. Yeah, I worked there yeah. as a teenager, and um, wow, and. I'm, first, first time I met Guru was there. They did a Yom TV Raps episode there. It was just, just random. But in any case, mm-hmm. um, I tried my hand at stand up in there. You know, amongst some you know other coworkers and stuff there as as a teenager, and never tried it again until mm-hmm. I was an adult when I got into radio and and figured because I've I consider myself funny. I think I'm funny sometimes, and actually mm-hmm. got to do it. You know, I've, I've been blessed to you know have opportunities to open for for DL. And Tommy Davidson was one that gave me my first shot on stage. That's dope. So I'm nearly I'm I'm at I'm 48 now. Comedy is something that you can do well into, you know. So that's something I'm looking forward to spending more time in doing. Is there something like that's that? That's really dope. Thank yeah, I, I there was a one point when um I was in New York, uh, like a lot in the village, like just. You know, everybody from Queens is always coming to the village, Greenwich Village. It was just that spot, the vibe. You know what I mean? That's where all the art was happening. Mm-hmm. It was a period that I was being scouted at the same time, like Tyson Beckford was out there, like being scouted by like Wilhelmina and like modeling agencies. Mm-hmm. Like I had a, a couple of scouts run up on me like, yo, you should model. You have a great look and all of this. And um, I never did it because... Um, you know, certain issues I thought that came with that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at how media and everything fuses a certain way with celebrity, I think if I would have done that, I would have had a way to segue some other things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just to just yeah. because you know how the Rolodex will change. Like presidents become you know, water boys become presidents. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So. You'll have a yeah. you'll have a you'll have a Rolodex full of names that are one thing with a certain purpose, and then ten years after that, they've all elevated to some other things. Right. So, you know, I feel like maybe if I would have jumped into the modeling and um and and did some things politically there, it might have put me maybe as a music producer, maybe in in the soundtrack world a little easily or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's not a regret, but it's something that I think about. Right, right. No, never, never, never a regret because we make we make choices based on what's going on at the time for us and and whatever's happening, right? But as yeah, we, and in the way it's, the way it's set up now, like all of these age, it's like the same rules don't the, the rules back then don't even apply. Like yeah. I could be, I could be one seventy right now on model still. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously. Yeah. Listen, Lizzo yeah. out here with her ass all out. I'm saying, but buns Yo. everywhere, buns for <laughs> everywhere, and I appreciate it. I celebrate that big ass. Like that's that's some that's some that's some nice Lizzo. That's some nice cheeks. A hundred percent unequivocal buns. Absolutely, and she's I, I and she's not lying about. Huh? What you, you said? 
No, when T starts talking about Lizzo, he know I'm fighting the jokes. I think you've been setting me up. Bro. I think you set me up. <laughs> Yo, that's just like a tiger that takes off in the bedroom and you attach to it. Like, whoa, that's whoa, whoa, hold on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Jane, stop this crazy thing. <laughs> Jane. Exactly. Oh, man. But yeah. Yeah, if I would have done that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought, you know, I thought about like. Dick, we, we you lost know, your video. Hey, we lost your video real quick. You lost my video? Okay. There you go. Um, cause my battery was on. I'm, you know, I think about stuff I like. Think about stuff like if I would have went to. Because I got a, a full scholarship to Berkeley School of Music off of a tape where I was drum soloing. Right. Wow. But I start. But I started touring. I started touring. Right. That was the decision I had to make. Okay, you gonna go to college or you gonna start touring and getting this bread? Which would have led me somewhere else. It would have probably even led me to where I'm at right now. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. I could have been a a a, a, de- a a drummer with a degree in notation and broke as hell right now. Who knows? Or I could be teaching somewhere. But at this moment, I'm Super Dave West. You know what I'm saying? So it's what it is. Yeah. But I thought about what if I would have taken, if I would have done the scholarship thing, that would have changed the whole trajectory. Yeah. And and life would have been just as fulfilling for you as well. And you know what I'm saying? You like it's just I, been different. Yeah. yeah, just different. You know. Um, I think you know my my, my grandfather. Um, he passed away um, back in 2012. Um, thank you Roy Battle he was um, I, hard working man had two daughters um, my mom and my, my aunt hard working man he you know and he took care of his family and everything right retired in, in his 70s and, and you know but I got to see glimpses of a life he had before <laughs> before I knew him as you know he worked for the for the city he worked for the school in in schools um mm-hmm. he was in a doo-wop group called the five fellows they had records wow. they did there was wow. a there was a an entire they did a um a write up on on his group um and uh, 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 I forget the I forget the cast name he was just he just loved doo-wop groups and wanted to tell the stories of lesser known doo-wop acts and reached Ooh. out like randomly reached out got in contact with my grandfather and his and his other band members and interviewed and highlighted them highlighted on them and i got to see how how proud and you know of he, he was of his work and the music that he had did but there Ooh. was never any you know there was never any regrets he never had any regrets that he didn't, you know, elevate to be a, a more known hip hop, you know, I mean, not hip hop, but doo-wop group, or anything like that. It was just, you know, that's just what life does. You make choices and, you know, he had children at the time and decided, you know what, the doo-wop thing, I, I enjoy doing it. I'll do it on the, on the side, but I got to go work. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's where it took him. But I got yeah. to see him be, I, I got to see him before he passed away be celebrated. Mm, that's and, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And to really live it, live it, like have a comfortable circle and mm-hmm. be celebrated. 
Yeah. And you know you did what you needed to do. You made the right decision for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just but the world still recognized Rise is something that really didn't full-fledged happen all the way to a finish. But to still get the accolade and to still get the love on it is great. You know what I mean? Or or look at it as this is way this is where it was going to go. This is you know what I mean? Like, like you can't have Yeah, this is it. Yeah. You can't have the regret. You know, I mean, that's kind of what mm-hmm. I've learned. That's kind of what I've learned from. A, a little bit, a little bit of that is like my father's story. My father was a drummer. Dave, I don't know if I told you that when we first talked. My father was a drummer. Okay. Um, and he, he's. I remember being young, and he used to sit me down when we used to listen to music. Like I remember when Prince was out, and we was like, "Prince is the bomb," and he was like, "That ain't nothing but funkadelic rehash," and it's Little Richard, and he would sit down. And put on the records and take us through the records and just deconstruct it. He deconstruct Prince and then deconstruct it and put it back together to where you could see it, where Prince got his inspiration from or whatever. But I remember talking to him when I was younger and I asked him, why didn't he still drum? He said, because I had kids. He literally sold his drum set to help pay for food and different stuff for the kids and never went back to it. Wow. But he's living now. You know, still married, happy, retired, living his life, but he has no real regret regrets. But a part of me, uh, when I got into music, I was driven to succeed in music to do it for my father. That was a, a huge mm. part of what was mm. driving me. Mm. Mm. It's funny, like my, my situation was a little different in that sense where. had to kind of like fight regret of maybe not giving my daughter another sibling Mm. because I knew where I was and how I was rocking and, and uh, the momentum of how I was rocking. I basically family planned one child. And I said to myself, I'm one, I'm going to have a Capricorn like me. (laughs) So we got to pounding out around the spring sometime. Right. So, (laughs) We fam- our family planned to have a Capricorn that I could understand and I could it was easier for me to raise. And I said, I'm probably going to have one child. We talked to it about. So I talked to um, her mom, who's, you know, my ex at this time. Back then, I talked to her about it. We family planned that. And I felt kind of a regret that maybe I should have had two more. You know what I'm saying? Or like at least give my daughter like a brother or sister, you know what I'm saying? But then because of all the love that I kind of missed out in a certain way on when I was younger, I just had all of this love to give this kid, you know what I'm saying? So she didn't really miss a beat, you know? And um, it kind of put me right, it put me back where I am now. Well, like I'm living right now, I'm like live, I'm 49. I'm not acting like a 19 year old. But I have the access of a 19. Like, I can move around. You know what I'm saying? Right, if I need right. to be in London right now for two months, I'm not a soccer mom, right? A soccer dad right now. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, but I had to make that decision to to really stay in the momentum, even though that still slowed it down because I still needed that 20-something years to raise that child a certain way. I wasn't all over the place. I was in very stable, making sure I was around and there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, but, no. but 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 the touring had to stop. 
Mm. When Jada came into the picture, my kid, the touring had to stop. You feel me? So that's yeah. where it went more into the music production and the studio because I could be in the same city as opposed to touring all over. Because I was in Germany, Switzerland, France. And I was all over the world. You know, between those in Japan, between like 93 and just 97, I was touring everywhere. So that had to change up and I had to turn into a studio musician as opposed to like a, a, a tour musician. That's dope. I mean, so here's a question for you. So in, in, in being able to tour and be all over the place, how did that shape your worldview? It's a shape. It's the same one that shapes my, my kids worldview. I passed it down. She thinks from a big world perspective, like I had in Montessori school, like big world perspective down the community. So her vision is wide and vast. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's doing a black college experience where I come from. And they're either at Howard, they're at Virginia State. There's a couple of four different schools that they're at. And I'm in Europe. I'm in Germany at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm getting a whole nother culture education, period. Yeah. Like I'm seeing the world at its, I'm seeing, like, you know, you see them Harry Potter films? Yeah. Yo, when you in New Zealand and you see that shit in front of you, you 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 understand how crazy God is. Like, yo, you are the master builder and painter of all of this shit. Because <laughs> the layers and watching that shit live is so vivid that it's, it plays tricks on your on your eyes. Wow, it almost looks super hyper photoshopped. That's how thick that and lush that backdrop of the greenery is. You know what I'm saying? So when you start seeing the world like that. You know, and I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, I'm in Russia. I'm in Russia when the wall came down. Wow. I'm in Russia when the wall came down and they got their freedom and the KGB went from following me one week to giving me cab rides the next week. <laughs> God damn. No, wait, wait, wait. Don't speed past <laughs> that one. Please. Feel me? <laughs> I'm just telling you how vast it's been for me. Like, that's crazy. I was in Russia. I was in Russia when that happened. Wow. And so we playing at nightclubs. I'm doing gigs at spots that are equivalent to the Bronx. Like when you plugging up your DJ equipment to the poles, you know what I'm saying? Right. They, we doing parties in abandoned factories the same way he was doing it in the Bronx. I'm doing that in Russia. Wow. Wow. Look, it, that's got to be, that's got to be crazy to see at the same time people think different from you and also they have a very similar experience as you mm-hmm. that dichotomy has to be kind of like a wake up call like a motherfucker oh yeah 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 it's just like all around the world it's like the same song man you know what I mean it's like the same beautiful song with not too many different lyrics, just like a little bit of the, the melody and a little bit of like the notation with the saying the same things, man. Because that moment in Russia was a South Bronx moment in 84. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Same thing. But I had to see that and it, I needed all of that because it rounded me very young. You know what I'm saying? By the time I was 25, like I was rounded. 
Like, I knew what I was trying to do. I wasn't slipping up. I wasn't messing with the wrong girls. Like, I was guarding my spirit. I was watching who was who was thinking about me. I was guarding mind energy. All of that at, 20, at 24, 25, you know? Damn. A certain amount of people, I didn't even let them know what I did because I don't want their mind energy on my, their thoughts on my plans and all of that. Right. And I was meeting people abroad that was explaining all of that, metaphysical and all of that to so I got all of these things really, really early. And then I had moments where I was at the bar talking people out of killing themselves. You know what I mean? Mm. And stuff like deep stuff like that in Europe. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's what it did for me. It rounded me out crazily. So I got a here's a question. Um, with all that's been happening with. You know, within the past year, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, you see, I see I got my flag in the back. Um, and growing up in New York City, we have a similar a, you know, a similar understanding of race relations in New York City. Um, I was a part of a, uh, a um, audio documentary with the BBC talking about stop and frisk globally and how police relate to people of color around the country around the world rather and in in, in talking with some in, in talking with I talked I, I talked with a sister in Spain black sister born and raised in Spain spoke the language but treated like I can't even say second class citizen she and with within the pandemic within six months she had been stopped and frisked at least 16 18 times Oh damn! Yeah, all that to say, um, what I gathered from that experience of talking to people all around the country, you know, to black people, you know, people of color all around the world—that is, um, that their experience with police is not is not very different from what we experience in New York City, in this country. Mm -hmm. You know, your experience of being, you know, being a world traveler. What do you gather? What was your experience of, of you know, in, in dealing with, you know, just people and police? So, like, what is the impression that they have of us when you go abroad? Um, it depends on. A lot of it can depend on different things, different cultural things. Um, like in parts of Asia, like they have like really, really vividly shocking imaginations that go into the, 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 um, the their vision of what black men are. Mm -hmm. So they've made it in, in, mm -hmm. in their mind, like black men are big black monsters and they'll, they'll hurt you and they're super strong. Don't get them mad. You know, they'll chuck you out. And, you know what I mean? Like, don't do that. Don't mess with them. Right. Wow. And then you got like Japan where women love, black men in Japan, right? And it's intimidating to some of their men. And so then you'll get issues on the street with that just because they know you a pretty boy, you a black dude from out of state and you were Japan pulling mad chicks. So you'll deal with it just off of that energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right? But then come back home, I remember nights a lot of nights in Greenwich Village, Friday and Saturday night, before the quality of life law, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Where I was on the corner drinking beer with the cops. 
on West Wall. Wow. Chopping it up with the cops, drinking Heineken's with them, and smoking cigarettes. So, <laughs> it's just like, I've had a very different kind of experience with, like, all of that. You know what I mean? I've had more weird issues in other places, but not in New York City. Wow. Not really. You know, not at all. And what, so, I, you know, and, and we've talked about this on the show before. If I had to put a percentage on... Like my experience with cop negative versus positive cops negative uh, versus positive. I would say about 25, 75, 25 percent negative, 75 percent positive. And for yeah, a man. long time, I lived in Marietta, like <laughs> Cobb yeah. County. And, and people are like, you know, don't get stopped in Cobb County. I've been stopped multiple times in Cobb County and had no problems. You ain't never so, lying. When I moved here, I wasn't coming. So I went through it, too. Same thing, though. But, but and and I and I don't say that to 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 say that other people haven't had those experiences and that those experiences don't exist and that um, black people our experiences with police are disproportionately negative as compared to other uh, racial groups. I I just know mm-hmm. anecdotally for me, I haven't had that experience. And let me knock on some wood because I might. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm leave out of here yeah, and go like, to the spot. Me, we all finding some pine boxes around this motherfucker, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> see an Instagram live of me hemmed up on the hood of a car. Like, <laughs> I'll go find somebody with a peg leg and just knock on their shit real quick. <laughs> hold My, on, baby, just hold still. Yeah, thank you. Mike know how I feel about East Atlanta right now. My 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 motto was fuck East Atlanta and the cops there too. I just I I I was left his house and got pulled over in a rental I wasn't familiar with like for the tail lights. Hey man, you your, your tail lights is out. Oh, a word? Okay. Uh boop. Oh, they on now. My bad. I'm sorry. It's a rental. I don't live here. I'm, you know, I'm going back north. I pop. My bad. All right. Can you prove this is a rental? Yeah, man, here you go. It's paperwork. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Me give your, where's your driver's license? Up. Oh, yeah, yeah, here you. Yeah, I, I have, I'm able to legally drive. It should have been the end of it. No, this motherfucker decided to give me a ticket instead. So, fuck Ooh. him. <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm still trying to decide if I'm gonna come down there to go fight the ticket. It's only a hundred dollars. Um, man, pay that hundred dollars and move on, bro. I know. God damn it. Pay that hundred and let it go, yeah. bro. I mean, I lived in Cumming when I first moved here. So so I lived in Cumming when I first moved here, right? Mm-hmm. Exit 13, 400. Um, Long Lake subdivision. I had a house out there and it was, you know, whatever. And um, I got pulled over multiple times because um, I'm in Cumming. So it's like, it's far. I'm on the road more than if I lived in Sandy Springs and was going to Buckhead, you know what I mean? Right. right. But when I got pulled over, I'm going to tell y'all, fellas, I'm going to tell you something. When I got pulled over, I had more cops that looked out for me. Like, I had more cops that was just like, okay, let me, it's like, when did you move? Like, I had most of the conversations, like, when did you move here? I moved here last year. Okay, let me just explain to you the area you're in. You're in such and such, but these are white and black cops. You're in, you're in a, you're, 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 you're cool right here at this hour. Like if this was happening, this is the mood of the city. This would not be a good time to be, they were giving me game on how to not be 
racially attacked. And these wow. are the cops doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be like, yo, just be on your way. Like, have a good night. I never got pulled over. Like, I got into actual trouble when I had a, a, a thing expired. Um, I think my license was expired and it was some other warrant for something, something that I did, something squirrely that I did in a bad moment. And um, a cop from coming dropped me off on the way to the joint, bro, and was like, get out my car, man. Like I could just feel in your, I could feel in your, I could feel in your your demeanor and spirit. You were raised really well, and you were in a in a bad spot. Just just don't be. Just let's not do this. And he dropped me off incoming. I had to have my boy. I think I, did I have Paz come pick me up? Had somebody come pick me up? Wow. He dropped me off on the side of the road, like in in a, in a fast food joint. He was like, man, get that out my car. That's that's yeah that's. <laughs> <laughs> shit is crazy. So my so my experience has been very different. You know what I'm saying? I was in New York. I was in the West was it the West Village? I was pissy, like really gone. To the point where the only thing that would that my my mind could control was the fact that I had passed out in the middle of the street in my car and I had my calf muscle was on fire when I woke up because my, my leg had been on the brake pedal in the middle of the street while I was knocked out the whole time. Neighbors wow. call the cops. Wow. Neighbors call the cops. Like People are going around this car. This car is just in the middle of the street on... I think the guy is just asleep. Two cops come to the scene. I get a knock on the window. I'm instantly panicking like, oh, they caught me. I passed out. I'm bugging. I'm wilding right now. I'm in the middle of the street. It's 7 in the morning. I've been here since 4 a.m. I'm food. I'm going to jail. And I'm pissy. Right? They open the window. They start screaming with laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Two two Italian cops. They're screaming. They're like, yo, what's wrong with you? I was just like, and right there, this is what made it go over. I went straight into comedy mode. I was like, yo, I bumped my head at, at a bar and then I woke up here. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> and so that they're laughing at me. And so he's just like, dude, just pull pull over, man. So I pulled the car over. I get out the car. He was just like, listen, just go home and sleep this shit off. My partner's gonna go. There was a there was a parking lot in the middle of the neighborhood around the corner, right? My partner's gonna go park your car. Bring the ticket back. We're going to watch you get on the train and we're going to act like this didn't happen. Wow. Wow. And the partner went, par- took my car around the corner, parked it while him and me and the other partner standing there cracking jokes. And and the other cop came back, gave me the ticket and was like, all right, get out of here, man. Like, you just made my morning so special. Like, this is ridiculous. But I was pissy <laughs> drunk in the middle of the street. Stopped. You see, you see what I'm saying? So my experience with cops has been a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had the whole, like, you know, sprinkle some crack on them and let's get out of here. I've never had none of that shit. <laughs> I've had, I've Bronson, had, get them on the floor! Shoot them, Bronson! I've never had none of that shit. I, I, I've had both, you know, positive interactions, but the, 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 uh, the negative outweigh the positive. There's been more negative for me 
There's been more negative. more negative interactions than positive. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I've I was never a you know kid that got into trouble and shit like none of, none of that shit. I was never you know what I mean. Um, I I don't think I've I I've never gotten a DUI, but you know it's it's you when you get pulled when you get pulled over for some bullshit. It's like, dude, don't you have something else to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't you have something? There's somebody right now with a uh, plunger in their ass. You can go help. Why are you fucking with me? Right. right. Somebody, somebody is crawling through a window right now mm-hmm. <laughs> with ill intentions. Well, so, so, see, but this is the issue. If you're consumed, it's like this. If I play like, if I, like, like you know, if I'm if I'm doing something, I'm supposed to be highly uh, trained at. And I really, first couple of weeks, I don't know what I'm doing. I might play like I'm in the in the, in the cafeteria doing some bullshit to have not have the doctor call me. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I think they do a lot of that because if those moments pop off, they're already occupied in something else. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of that is that too. You know what I'm saying? Like they're doing just little. Oh, let me pull this guy over, make my quotas. But if if I get that call, like you know, everybody come to the spot quick. Like, well, I'm actually dealing with something, and uh, because everybody wants to make it home, right. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Everybody wants yeah, to yeah. make it home to their four year old and and their wife. That's it. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, and then we can we can start to rap. When I lived in when I lived in Georgia, when I lived in Atlanta, I know you rap. <laughs> <laughs> Got some bars, son. But not nah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was looking for an apartment. I lived on the east side. I was looking for an apartment, and I went to. If you're familiar with Pine Lake, you're, hell you, yeah. So I I didn't know any better at the time. I think I lived in either Decatur or Stone Mountain. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. I was looking at a looking for, at an apartment in Pine Lake for some reason. I didn't I didn't like what I saw, so I didn't go in or whatever. And I got mm-hmm. in the car, and I was about to pull off and I looked up in my rear view and I saw a lake pine lake so I backed up the mm-hmm. car down the block mm-hmm. to you know slowly down to go check out the lake I get out the car I'm fucking with swans and stuff around the lake and two seconds later a cop pulls up on me mm-hmm. black cop mm-hmm. and you know he goes through the motions hey let me see your license and registration I'm like oh I'm not even driving at this point but Sure. Okay. All right. Give me a second. Let me get it out the car. Uh, my registration is in here somewhere. Uh, my insurance. I didn't have any at the time, but I didn't let him know that. Uh-oh. I didn't let him know that. And I was like, yeah, let me find it. But here's my license. Here's the registration. Here, give me a second. Let me find, the- <laughs> let me find my dirty insurance card. I mean, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and he saw, you know, he could see that, I, you know, I wasn't really up to no shit. And he he stopped. He's like, you know, okay, what were you doing over here by the lake? I hey I saw I explained to him I saw the lake I've been looking for an apartment I saw this apartment I was going to go look at I didn't really you know whatever was the case and I saw this and I came back here and that was it and he was like okay all right here's your license back listen they treat each other fucked up imagine what they're going to do to you I was like (laughs) oh okay thank you thank you officer Uh, I'll be a moment I'll be on my way, and I stopped looking for an apartment in Pine Lake, and I got one. Um, I'm telling you, that was Pine Lake. Pine, Pine Lake is like. Have you ever been around there, Mike? Nah, 
Pine Lake is like it, it's, it's Pine Lake is like somebody put a movie set of Berkeley, California, or some shit, right in the middle of Georgia, with its own police station and courthouse. Yeah, smack and, in the middle of like what is that? What is that? Between, the other side of Decatur, between of, Stone of, Mountain and Athonia. Of yes, yeah, St- Stone Mountain on the other side of Stone Mountain. There's this whole township that is its own couple of blocks with a lake. Yes. And it looks like something straight out of a movie. Yeah. And it's racist as hell. The most racist motherfuckers you will ever encounter in life. And oh. I'm just like, now I know it. Because when I was over there, this is what, what ties into what you're saying. I was over there because I was actually looking for a cool crib. You know, I was looking for a house. Something different, something that was laid back, something that was totally kind of like wow factor. Right. And I felt like Pine Lake had that like, oh, this is different. Like, I feel like I'm not even in Georgia. Right. I'm right off of 285. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Man, just a couple of the conversations I had over there while looking was just like, oh, they're going to lynch me. (laughs) Like, they're absolutely going to string me up. This This, this is happening. If I stay over here five more minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just felt crazy over there. So I know it, I know the Pine Lake thing. It's a beautiful little area, but it's weird. It's very weird. I think there was a news story that, that they had the most tickets out of DeKalb County just in Pine Lake. And you know how small it is. How are they getting, generating the most money by pulling niggas over? Like Because it's like, yo, we work in this area. We about to go crazy. This is all our area I got. This little township. Everybody getting a ticket. Yeah. Lassoing niggas, yeah, especially <laughs> if you have a tan. Was you looking at the lake <laughs> yes. after after you know what I mean? At, what is it? What is it? The the uh, the curfew hours, the park curfew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Are yeah. you out here at the lake after ten thirty? Oh no, you get a ticket. You know what I mean? Like right. oh, and then he, <laughs> the, the cop explained to me. He said you, you you need to have a permit to be here at the lake. I could give you a ticket for that. I'm not exactly just right because know. it's a whole like it's a whole world. Pine Lake is a whole community with its own set of rules. Yeah, inside of Georgia, you know what I'm saying? Like nuts. You could get hemmed up and just there, just be like, "Yo, what is this? I feel like I'm in Europe." <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. man. Anyway, nah, man. Yo, Dave, man. Yo, that has been a pleasure sitting here talking with you, brother. For real, for real, man. Like, I, oh man, it's a pleasure talking to y'all too, man. Man, I, we got, you know, we got we got years, we got similar years and experience too. So you know, we could talk all day about a gang of shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yes, sir. I, I, I that's the wisdom. Yeah, man. Um, again, how do how do Dave, Dave how do people? Are you on social media? How do people reach out to you? It's Super Dave West on Instagram. That's really where I'm at. S-U-P-A-D-A-V-E-W-E-S-T. Right. <laughs> or just look at the screen and write what you see right there. There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Super Dave West on Instagram. Um, you know, I don't give out my address anymore. But you know, did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I was a nut. I was a total nut. When I lived in like Fox Slope, Brooklyn, I used to get all my address. Like, <laughs> For a good time, come over here and get some of this turkey gravy. <laughs> um, 
last words before we before we wrap. Any any encouraging words for any musicians, producers out there that looking to you know to go to the next level. Any any advice, suggestions you have for anyone? Um, let's go to the next level. Let's just go. It's it's a very go mode type of a moment. It's very much eighty five. It's eighty two all over again. It's like wild west. It's, there's so many things that can make it happen for you. Just pick the thing that's closest to your actual flow of your life and like your um what's resonating with you, like what makes you feel good in your space with what you do. Just go with that. There's no real answers for it anymore. It's just really just like it's back to exploration. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could think you know, it. you find your road, you just kind of like get a, you get a, you know, the, the hound gets a sniff on it. Okay, this is where I should be. And it feels right. And you just go. And if you don't like it, you have the right to change it up until you get the success that you want. It's all about momentum. You just can't stop. Once you stop, that's just like dying. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, a, a old coworker once said to me, if you, you know, when you stop growing, you die. Mm hmm. So, and when you feel like you've arrived, you, you die the same way. That's why it's important, even with you know music and plaques and all of that. You can't feel like you've ever arrived, really. You just got to find a new mountain to climb. Yeah, preach. You got to come back down that fucking hill and find a new, brand new, new mountain to climb again. Something else to conquer. Something else to be great at. You know, another moment. So, and in the case of Lil Wayne, you do it with sixty million liquid in your pocket, right? <laughs> sixty million liquidities. There is ten. There are ten more chicks to be impregnated. So get to it. I don't know, you are so whack for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my balls actually still account for maybe three more children. Right. So hey, listen, let's uh, let's uh, let's get to it. Listen. Nick again, my Nick Cannon joke. He's at it. He's doing his. He's living his best life, and he's here to uh, repopulate the earth. So listen, Nick, continue. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just but but yo but yo like to dig back into what you just said. It's about the purpose, a purpose driven life, man. Like be yeah. a conduit. Let God move through you and 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 touch somebody. You know what I mean? Be be instrumental in making some sort of a difference in the world, even when you're doing what you want to do. Like if, if if it's what you want to do and it's also touching the world, you can't beat that. Like God honors that a certain way, you know. Yes. We'll keep you keep you protected and keep you strong and keep wisdom around you and all of that. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yes. Um, don't touch somebody like Cuomo though. That's that's not a that's not what we're talking about at all. And I think he understands that. That's now. a different kind of touch. That's a different touch. <laughs> That ain't knocking on wood. That's some other shit. That's some other shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Dave. Thanks for thanks for joining us, brother. Hey, folks, for watching. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you haven't already subscribed, please do. Um, go to unpoppinshow.com. Hit the subscribe button. Find us on YouTube and follow us on all socials at Unpoppin Show. T Storm, DJ Mike Swift, Dave West. Thank you. Peace, y'all. Yeah.